Adam Duritz's ex-girlfriends, it's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Shane Robinson. And I'm Simon Blanford. We wish it was the 90s. Well, we are here today to talk about Counting Crow's debut studio album, August and Everything After. Uh, it's always good to talk to you, uh, Simon, uh, specifically about Counting Crows. Um, and we welcome fan and friend of the podcast, Shane Robinson. Good to have you on, Shane. Pleasure to be here, lads. Thank you. So a uh, bit of background. This 11-track uh, album uh, was released on September 14th, 1993, and it was well-received by critics. Um, it's gone multi-platinum in several countries. Uh, four singles were released from the album, the highest charting of which was Mr. Jones, uh, which peaked at number five on the Billboard US Radio Songs chart. Just an aside quickly, can you guys name those four singles? Ooh, round I, here? Yep, round here round for here. sure. I feel like... Uh, Rain King might be one as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess uh-huh. Rain King. Correct. Yeah. And my other feeling is Omaha. Shane. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'll go with Omaha. No idea on number four. Uh, fan. Well, not probably not fan favorite, but Murder of One was the other one. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Good track. Good track. Yeah. Um, and I think Murder of One, I can't remember if it was that, but I think it was the last one. That or Rain King was released two years after um, out as a single. Mm. Um, so format today is uh, we'll go over our memories of August and Everything After, and when we kind of first listened to it. Uh, for me, that wasn't in the 90s, but um, I won't divulge your age, Shane, but I, I gather that probably was in the 90s for you. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a release baby for this album. Yeah, I was there. And um, we'll discuss the album as a whole. We will, It's not a Wish It Was The 90s podcast without a draft. We're going to do a song snake draft. Nice. Um, and we've got, a, we've got a few questions for each other at the end, which we have not prepared for. So, um, so looking forward to hearing those questions. So we'll start with you, Shane, because uh, it'd be more interesting for you than, uh, than it will be for Simon and I. Uh, what were your sort of initial memories of, of August and everything after when it first came out or when you first listened to it? Yeah, um, pretty huge album when it came out, a bit of a different album. Um, my first memories, uh, rocking into the old CD store, uh, Lower Hut, um, classic, classic problem for the 90s children we couldn't just access any music when we wanted to so you'd have the one hit wonder on the radio and you had to go into the cd store to to figure out if the rest of the album had any anything worth listening to in it and uh <laughs> so the cd store had little had little sounds sound sort of stations um set up around the store and sure enough august and everything after was on one of those and it would be a bit of a fight for the headphones down at queensgate uh <laughs> listen to a few tunes and uh Queensgate looked very different back in the day, uh, but it was a it was one of those albums that as soon as you got your your ears on it, it it sort of it took you away. It was a very different album than what was being produced in the early nineties. Um, a lot of the song the songs were differently structured. You know, you had some songs that 
didn't get into a chorus for a, for a long time. Started off with Round Here, which was unlike lots of what we'd heard before, this kind of epic Van Morrison, Bruce Springsteen kind of, you know, Americana feel that the album really had. And I suppose these days album cover art is a big thing, you know, and, and people really judge albums on their covers, but that mm. album had a real had a real vibrant kind of cover which attracted me um, as a young, you know, pining uh, teenager between between loves, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Si? Yeah, um, I probably first heard the album, I would say, in about 2002. Jared Spears, shout out Jared Spears, was a real music aficionado and he would just often sidle up to you and just say, you have to listen to this or you have to listen to that. And he was most, and most of the time I'd ignored him, but I was, he was very insistent on August and everything after. And he gave it to me and much like uh, you've already said, Shane, you just couldn't stop listening to it. And you know, if you were between, between loves or girlfriends or whatever, you know, whatever the situation was, as you often were as a teenager, uh, <laughs> You, you felt Duritz's pain and it was something just, in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was always something in there for you. Uh, so he gave, he gave me the CD, lent me a CD, very generous. Uh, he was also. He wasn't just, like that with, or was his brother that wasn't big on lending uh, things out? Yeah, no, yeah, no. Well, I, I think Jared and Jared will disagree with me. I think Jared always overestimated that a little bit. He was also a big mini disc fan, Spears, big, big campaigner for the mini disc, huge campaigner. And yeah, it was just amazing. You know, people that, a good friend, Lucas Goodwin, shout out Lucas, proud metalhead. Uh, it was basically the only soft rock album or band he would even listen to. You know, there's just something about it for him as well that draw, drew him in, which um, something unique about that sound. So, yeah, 2002, 2003 approximately, and haven't really stopped listening to it. Go back at least once or twice a year, and still outstanding. Yeah, it's definitely one of those albums. One of those albums you could lock in um, when we were when we were travelling. It was always an album that made the CD case. You know, um, you, you got your you got your value for money popping that CD in the car. <laughs> Slipped it into one of those sleeves. That's right. <laughs> um, like most of things that happened growing up, uh, my experiences were largely based off Simon's, and they were often secondhand experiences. So I probably would have heard it, you playing it on um, mum and dad's stereo around the same time and probably just... The Denon. The Denon. Um, still got the Denon? No. Um, so I think I probably just enjoyed it because you enjoyed it. Um, and But then I think I bought Recovering the Satellites before you bought any other CDs. And I had a little... St- stereo in my room and and bang that out um i think that kind of made me go back to august and everything after and and appreciate it even more even though recovering the satellites is great um i I didn't initially pick up how depressing the album was uh when i first listened to it probably not for a long time Mm. and actually i think my and so my appreciation of of different songs on the album has um it's changed over time and we'll talk about that when it comes to the um, to the snake draft. 
but actually just listening to it this uh, this time kind of preparing for the podcast has kind of uh, changed my appreciation for a few songs um and probably made me love it even more um which is great now shane you mentioned the idea of a concept album heard but i didn't know what it was until i did a google search um but i thought maybe we could start with what a concept album is and then we can kind of discuss um august and everything after as a whole i guess yeah sure um well concept albums albums that are kind of, that's where songs are are linked through a story or a um a narrative um either you know and in august's case you know kind of autobiographical with adam and his life and um but you know plenty of concept albums uh radiohead okay computer great concept album you know start to finish linking a story uh bruce springsteen you know born to run uh, great concept album you know tell tell that story of um from start to finish where actually each track has a meaning and has something in it that, you know, carries a story forward. So in isolation, and I like what you said, Sam, August is one of those albums where at any different period of your life, a different song will pop up and have um, new meaning in a way, which is just fantastic. And, you know, I've gone through that album and at different times of your life, um, different songs, uh, what you reach out for, and then they just sort of fade away and come back again. Brilliant. Was as we're doing a little bit of research, it didn't come up on this. There was a list of um, fuck. What are they called? Concept albums. A list of concept, concept albums. Um, and w- would have Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Bands been one of the first ones? Yeah, that would have been in there definitely. This um, wasn't. In, it was a top twenty-three, and this wasn't in there. No, no, and it probably wouldn't have been in the top twenty-three because actually, I think only probably. Only real Crows fans would have looked for those links and, you know, um, delved into Adam Duritz's life. Yeah, it's not a exceedingly obvious concept album. No. You know, like uh, the Arctic Monkeys' big album is just basically a night out. You know, the concept is them right. just going on, going on a night out, you know, and that's um, just a more obvious concept that's easy, easier to follow. Uh, it doesn't make it any worse or better, but, yeah, I think you are right shame that um yeah it's not maybe as obvious at first glance that it is a concept album so so is it a is it an autobiography yeah yeah pretty much every song i think's got pretty strong links there um i think by the time it gets there's a couple in the end where he's um speaking through a friend but um there's there's quite a lot of evidence and uh, thoughts from adam around that Yes, it kind of it seems like it goes in waves of maybe how he's feeling. Uh, some songs very depressing. Um, few songs where he's obviously talking about loving someone or falling out of love with someone. Um, and he is fifty-eight and still single with a lot of ex-girlfriends. He has <laughs> got the list, hasn't he? He's got one of the lists of ex-girlfriends that you'd um yeah. It's, I'm it's glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that. I've got a list. You guys name a few of his ex-girlfriends. No, the big two. That's about it. Who's the big two? The friends, the ladies from Friends. Yeah, my wife couldn't believe that. Any more, Shane? Yeah, I've got a few. Well, of course, Monica Potter, infamous yep. for Mrs. Potter's lullaby, wrote the song <laughs> before he'd even met her and then took the song to her and met her for a coffee and, you know, how can you not fall in love with that? <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I think is is like Winona on the list. Yep, Winona Ryder. Yeah. Mm, nice. Nice. Yeah. Emily, is there an Emily Ross? Emmy Emmy oh, Rossum from, Emmy from Rossum. Shameless. Rossum. Yeah. That's a more recent one, isn't it? Obviously. Two nine, two thousand ten. There's a few I haven't heard of. There was a, someone from one of the um like the Beverly Hills housewives of that he was with <laughs> for quite a while, right? Um, yeah. from the real world, uh Trishel Ken Trishel Canatella. There you go. Which doesn't fit for me, but um anyway. No. Couple more that uh, you'll be interested, or both of you football fans, Whitney Casey, who was Jason Seahorn's ex. Okay. Wow. Oh. The last white cornerback, Jason Seahorn. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, Christina Applegate. Wow. Uh, Joanna Going, if you're a fan of House of Cards or Mad Men. And the one, uh, Mary Louise Parker from Weeds. Yes. It's a fair list, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lineup. Yeah, it is. Um, awesome. So, shall we uh, delve into this song draft? Now, I've got oh, three, names, three names in a hat here. So, uh, for the listeners at home, um, Snake Draft, I'm not going to explain it. You both know how it works. But because we've only got 11 songs, it means one of us will only have three songs. So how it's going to go is if you get the first pick, uh, you're going to get the sixth pick. Can we... We couldn't put the 12th song on there? Which August is? August and everything after. It released. was never been released. They've just... It was an it was going to go on the album, and um, it was they decided not to put it on the album. But it's uh, they just played it in concert, maybe for the first time in the two thousands. Yeah, I read something about that, like two thousand seven or something. Um, I don't think I can remember very well. A oh, great track, great track. But obviously, we're not going to put it on the list. But I did think it was worth mentioning at some point that mm. the uh, the title track is not even on the album. Well, how about the person who picks first? Because they're going to get the sixth pick and not go bang, bang, and they'll just get the last pick yep. as well. So one, six, and 11, and then the rest will be in a normal snake draft. Um, right. And that person can get get August and everything after, and, and it won't matter. Um, I've got these names. In a, I think there's a, there's a good pick to have. If you were to yep. want a pick, Shane, what pick would you want to get? I think I'd go two. All right. Simon? Three, three for me. Yeah, well, here we go. First name. It's me. I'm first. That's the worst You're pick. You beauty. And this is bullshit. Shane's got second pick. Simon, you've got third pick. Bullshit. Yes. I would have wanted yes. third. All right. So first pick. Now, this is a tough one. So I've done my draft board. Um, and it's a, I don't want to pick it first, even though it's my favourite song, um, because I don't want, but I don't want either of you to get it second or third. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with uh, my favourite song on the album, Anna Begins, and top of top of my list too. Top of your list. Yep. Um, that's good for me to hear. 
Um, yeah, Anna Begins. So didn't love it. Well, I, I probably didn't recognize it so much when I first listened to this to the album. Um, but I think you probably mentioned it to me one day, Simon, just like have another listen to it. And the, the way that it builds is just absolutely beautiful. And actually, I've noticed that a lot more of their songs in this album as well do build. And I think those are the songs that I'm a bit more drawn towards. Um, seems like a bit of a, it's a heartbreak song. Um, it, at the start, I feel like he's talking about um, that he loves this girl, but she doesn't love him back. Um, but then as it goes on, it's clear that that it's kind of like a short-term thing that they both know um, it's not going to last. Um, I think the drums in it are fantastic. Uh, they it just set the tone. It doesn't really change throughout, except for certain bits where it really builds. Um, the part that I thought it was a classic young love and he didn't, maybe it wasn't reciprocated the love was where it says, it does not bother me to say this isn't love because if you don't want to talk about it, then it isn't love. But like that's just that classic situation where one person in the relationship falls way harder than the other. But then it's clear in, in the next couple of stanzas that they're both um, pretty, pretty deep in it. But um, what are your thoughts on Anna Begins, guys? Yeah, I popped that line down as the one that stood out to me. You know, if you don't want to talk about it, then it isn't love. You talk about the song just building. It just builds fabulously, flow and methodical. And by the end of it, you know, you are just aching for this guy and this girl. It's just amazing. Um, it's just an incredible song. And that is one of those ones that, yeah, the first time you listen to the album, it might not stand out as the one that you want, number one on your draft, but actually... That's number one on everyone's draft. It's a classic. Oh, wow. Wow, look that's, at that. That's Unanimous. good for me to hear. Makes the number one pick any better um, <laughs> because there are some fantastic ones that are going to get taken off the board before me at six. Um, but we'll move on to uh, the second pick in the draft. Shane, what are you going with? Look, it's hard to go past this for me, and I've got an affinity with it. It's around here for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lock that up because I just couldn't bear anyone else having that. Uh, <laughs> around here, you know, around here for me is just one of those crazy songs. I used to live in a small town, and you know, the way he talks about living in a small town and kind of being trapped uh, and trying to get out, it, it's just incredible. The silence at the start of that song and the slow build up, just really that gentle guitar, just. Just, just coming on in, uh, and the lines that sort of stand out. Uh, <laughs> I, I love walking on the edge of where the ocean meets the land. Yeah, just like she's walking, you know. It, uh, the you know, stepping out the front door, but actually being invisible in the town that you're in. I just, I just can't go past around here for me. Uh, absolute classic track and sets the album tone, tells you everything you need to know about the Counting Crows just as they get, you know, in their first song. So, yeah, I'm in the lock-in round here. I couldn't agree more. I've also got it as number two, that eerie, that eerie noise. I can't even tell you what it is at the start there. Um, coupled with at those opening four lines, uh, step out the front door like a ghost into a fog where no one notices the contrast of white on white and in between the moon and wow. new angels get a better view of the crumbling difference between wrong and right. I, I'm not even reading mm -hmm. that. that it's just, no. It's just um, amazing. Poetic. Amazing. amazing, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I can't, can't agree. Oh, yeah, so I'm one and two, one and two the same as you two. 
quite brave of them, I thought, to have that. It's 12 seconds of nothing. The start, the first yeah. part of your album. Yeah. As, like, I often, well, when I first started listening to it, I was like, oh, something's wrong. You know, like, I, I the album yeah. wasn't actually started. Quite brave of them, I thought. Yeah, and there's a lot of brave choices on the album, eh? Song choice-wise, you know, long songs, not yep. radio-friendly hits. Yeah, all the songs, apart from one, are over four minutes long. Uh, all right, that uh, leads us on to the third, fourth picks, back-to-back. Uh, -back. Simon, what have you got? Well, very happy to get third pick, first of all, because I do have a... I have a tier one <laughs> and there are four songs in that tier. So I'm very fortunate that I get this pick. So with my third pick, I'm choosing Raining in Baltimore, uh... which just is one of the great songs, really. Um, Second on my list. Second on your list, yeah. I mean, no, no, no quibbles with that pick of second. But yeah, I just have always loved this song, and possibly this all round here was, I think, even even more so. Raining in Baltimore, the first time I heard it, I just thought this is just absolutely beautiful, and more so perhaps than any other song on the album. Just just immediately hit me. Um, and that went, you know, the circus is uh, crumb, uh, falling down its knees, Big Top is crumbling down. It's raining in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. that, that, that went the 50 miles east, that part there, 50 miles east, that chord that he hits is just perfect. Um, yeah, I, I haven't got much to say about or deep and meaningful about the song. I just think it's an absolutely stunning song from start to finish, and that's why it's my number three. My sec choice. this was my this was my second favorite, uh, well second on my list, and was my favorite for a long time on the album. Mm. It's like everything's crashing down for the for Adam at this point. Mm. Um, it has already crashed down earlier, but this is where it's really tumbling down. The you did mention that uh, I don't know if it was the piano, but the piano is just fantastic. It like just stays the same, then builds up. Raining in Baltimore. I promised myself I wouldn't sing when it's in raining in Baltimore, baby. Uh, and then it goes yeah. back straight back to the same note. So it's like he's like excited that something different's going to happen or something's going to change, and then it's just like yep. down. Oh, nothing does. But everything yeah, else is the that. same. Um, um, yeah. Fourth pick. The desperation oh, yeah. in the song is just incredible, yeah. isn't it? I need a phone call. Searching for something, yeah. isn't he? Just anything to break yeah. him out of that funk and the uh, just. Nothing will do it. So this this fourth pick <clears throat> probably is a song that at some point when I first listened to the album wouldn't have been, been anywhere near number four on my list. Are you gonna take you're gonna take mine? I thought I was gonna get it at six. Growing on me a lot <sighs> over the years. And it's perfect blue buildings. Oh no, that's <laughs> out of the blue out of the blue. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I thought that. Sam's I, thought happy that, that. I thought that might have been out of the blue. Um, yeah, I just think that it's a little bit different in that the other songs he's in such a mess. You know, so round here, for example, which is number two on my list, I love it. 
He's in such a mess, it's almost hard to figure out what's going on in his head at times, which is fine, that's the whole point of it. Whereas Perfect Blue Buildings, for me, is it just, it's it's coherent in its incoherency. You know, it's, um, it, I understand where he is, you know, uh, these, these, these lives that are completely meaningless and... Uh, one of my favourite lines is asleep in the perfect blue buildings uh, beside the green apple sea, which is just almost like he's so depressed or he's so tired, you know, because it's 2.30 a.m. on a Tuesday. It doesn't get much worse than this. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> so, uh, he's so tired as the sea. like a green apple almost. He's so depressed and tired and almost dizzy. So, yeah, but out there, that one. But that's a song that has grown on me massively over the years. Jane? Yeah, that's a great pick. 4.30 on a Tuesday, it does not get any worse than that. Uh, I didn't have that one. Uh, I am going to uh, look up. Look, I'll take uh, my pick next, Sam, correct? Yeah, just I've got a, few, a couple of things on Perfect Blue Buildings. It wasn't fourth on my list. Uh, it's actually quite low on my list. I, I, I thought I was going to enjoy it more because I hadn't listened to the album for a while. And then um, yeah, it's a little bit lower on my list. Um, he's he's in depression at that point, surely. Oh, uh, look, you you got, I got to get me a little oblivion, baby. Is just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I liked. Um, I've got bones beneath my skin. There's a skeleton in every man's house beneath the dust and yeah. love, and sweat that hangs on everybody. There's a dead man trying to get out. Oh, you're making my argument here. You're making that's, my that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah. Uh, it, it's in the. It's up there for me, but it's um. Yeah, it's not a material one. No fair. Yeah. Fifth pick now, Shane is uh, is yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just creating a mini little opus for myself here. See, I don't think this will be stealing anyone's, and so I'm pretty happy about this. And isn't it great? What I love that we've come to this podcast and we're at the fifth pick, and we haven't even picked any. We, you know, there's a couple still on there uh, that <laughs> most people would have thought would have gone first. Uh, I'm gonna um, pick yeah. my favorite song on the album, and it's a murder of one. And it's my yeah. favourite Counting Crows song on the album. Uh, wow. This was a close one for me. I needed, I need something upbeat though. I wanted this, this and this is the, the climax <laughs> of the album. This is where the album, you know, comes to life. Um, there's a couple of reasons I love this song. When it's live, this, this is the song that Adam really gets, gets up for. He loves this song um, and he gets the crowd really into it. Um, but it's that uh, we were perfect when we started, baby. I've been wondering where we've gone all my <laughs> life. It's such a shame, shame, shame. Mm. You know, that angst ridden, I've wasted a whole lot of time here uh, on this depression and the, the, these people. I need to get on with things. Um, I love a murder of one. Yeah, number six on my list, so I'm only, I'm only uh, one away from you there, although you probably had it number four, presumably. Is that right, Shane? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You, you would have picked it four, wouldn't you? Yeah, it was a tight, tight call, but yeah, I've picked it for yeah. Okay. Yeah, six on my list. Um, Duritz has said that the the theme is of the album is change, and uh, the, the yeah. last lyrics change, change, change. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's the longest song on the album too. Didn't realize that. Um, yeah, it's a it's a long one. They like to play with it. They like to play with it live. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's synonymous. Most of their songs they uh, they change up quite a bit live, don't they? Yeah, yeah, in a good way, I think. 
Some people get um, real mad about it, but I, I, I love the way they change up their songs. It's, they're still recognisable, but um, just, they just put a new spin on it that makes you appreciate it more. This is a tough one here. Far oh, out. Not tough for me. No, I think you need to know what you need to do here, Sam. <laughs> I think in, in terms of winning the draft, I, I have to go with Mr. Jones. Um, but it's not higher on my list than I've got two songs ahead of it. But I'm all about winning car- uh, song drafts and fantasy. It's funny you mentioned before you sound like a real fantasy footballer. Where you're like, I got to get an upbeat song. It's like you're shooting for upside or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mr. Jones just to to, to give myself a chance. I, Potentially, people are going to say this is the the number one song on the album, and I've got Anna Begins, which is quite a um, a dour song. Um, so, Mister Jones is friggin' great. It's it's not in my top tier, um, but shit, every time I hear it, it's and and I and it's one of those songs that you know I love Counting Crows, but my friends don't necessarily love Counting Crows, but they love Mister Jones. So, yeah, you know, when it comes on, I can enjoy it with them. Um, a question I had was, when did this start playing in bars? Shane? Oh, pretty early. When this, yeah, pretty early. When this album came out, this was the song. And so it's kind of the perfect radio hit, right? I don't think you could make one that, that was better. And so I think for Counting Crows fans, for a while you fall in love with this song and then you mm. begin to resent it because it, it's kind of what people believe the Counting Crows to be. But you do come back to it. Um, you do come back to it with what they've done with it live. Um, you can and you can access. You know, people can access the Counting Crows through Mister Jones at least. Yeah, and it's a real, it's a real Counting Crow hipster song to hate. So yeah. uh, I, I was expecting uh, Mister Jones to actually go lower on the draft, on the draft board, just because it's become a real song to hate. So I will always stick up for Mister Jones uh, to those hipsters. Because it's 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 in keeping with the concept album, it's brilliantly brilliantly done lyrically. It's catchy as hell. It's a wonderful song. So I've got no. I was surprised you picked it. I would have picked another song over it, but I can't have major quibbles because it's just a great song. The classic song. Assuming that it had gone before this, there's two songs I have above it on my like. It's lower than those songs. Um, yeah, I just, I really, I, I just, I still love it. I like, um, there seems to, throughout the album, there are a couple of things that come up a little bit, a couple of times, like walking on water, uh, and, yeah. and, and, and just the color gray obviously comes up a lot. And I do love the bit where it's like, I'm going to paint my picture. Gray is my favorite color. I felt so symbolic yesterday. If I knew Picasso, I would buy myself a gray guitar. Um, Love that bit. And when he talks about I want to be a lion, kind of goes back to around here um, with the uh, the lion. We sacrifice like, oh, how's it go? The um, talk here, just like talk lions, but lions. sacrifice, sacrifice like, lambs. like lambs. Yeah. Um, and he's, I like the line, when everybody loves me, I'll never be lonely. Mm. Um. Just kind of... and, and the beauty of sorry, Sam, the beauty of this song, the unplugged version of the song or the acoustic version, it, it actually shows you what a great song 
it is lyrically and instrumentally. It's a classic um, on that uh, across the wire. So I'm not going to say I regret my pick, but I am gutted. Um, seventh pick, <laughs> Shane. <laughs> I'm pretty happy that this one has fallen to me. Uh, speaking of themes, Adam Duritz has kind of got the corner on rain, and uh, I'm going to pick uh, Rain King. Uh, this was this was a classic song. This is uh, I love the way this starts because a lot of this album is slow and building and kind of um, introspective. And this song, it's mm-hmm. kind of stuck sticks out in the middle of the album, and it's kind of it's uplifting. It's got a little bit of a little bit of pep in it, but actually, <laughs> the lyrics are devastating. Uh, she's been crying, and I've been thinking. Uh, so you know, it's like. It's still a breakup song. There's still a whole lot of hurt in here. Uh, and, you know, there's that angst about I am the Rain King. And I've got a little question for you. How do you sit on that? You might, do you remember the very end of Rain King? How do you, where do you fall on the howl at the end of Rain King? Do you remember I am the Rain yep, King? Yep, yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way, actually. That's it. Is there, is there a reason that there's a howl? I don't know, probably just a bit of a release, I think. I feel like some of the lyrics, I don't quite, like a lot of them I can kind of understand in a roundabout way. Some of them I don't. And is that because it's uh, off a book? Yeah. yeah. A yeah. book or something, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh, Hen- Henderson, The Rain King, I think it's cool. Um, but Russell Bella. Yeah. But I haven't read it and I've always wanted to read it. Um, but I, I did do a bit of research for the pod, and apparently it's 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 very loosely based on the book. It's not really it's not it's not entirely. It's inspired by it, I guess, but not based on it. Perhaps is a better way of putting it. Yeah, it's not not wasn't really really high on my list. Still, really um, not on the not on, the on my list. Bottom tier. Uh, there's a song that's really high on my list, which um, you'll probably be surprised at. Simon. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I was gutted that Rain King got taken because that's one of my favourites and a song I heard that when it was live, it just uh, great got my work emails open so that'll uh, have an email <laughs> noise coming in there. I'll probably get out of this. <laughs> uh, when I heard it live, it just it rocketed up the list for me. Um, so I've, I'm not. This is the first time I'm not entirely pleased with the selection in the sense that when I picked fourth. Even though Perfect Blue Buildings is a bit left field, I was I, I knew that's my fourth favorite song on the album. You know, deep down, I knew it. That's I'm not still, how you play a draft, baby. I'm still tossing up between the just between two songs at number eight, but um, it's a bit of a vanilla choice, perhaps. But I am going to go with Omaha, somewhere in Middle America, Solid, for uh, for for this pick. Um. Wonderful, wonderful opening, wonderful opening, and I don't. It's 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 in a slightly lower tier than my tier two. It's probably in tier three, mm. but it's just a wonderful song. Very similar to Round Here, that that small town type vibe, which I got a soft spot for, whether it's Bruce Bruce Springsteen or the Killers' latest album. Mm. Um, yeah, big big fan of that song, and yeah, fairly happy with that at number eight. I think. Was that seven? 
eight, right? Um, eight. I think I actually it jumped up a bit after listening this time through. Like, it's, I haven't listened for a while and listened. I thought the lyrics are fantastic. I really like the. Uh, he keeps coming back to the, the at the start. It's roll a new leaf over, and then it's roll a new mm. life over, and then it's roll a new mm. love over. Um, just like mm. it's kind of tr- like he's trying to break that monotony. Um, it's fantastic. I particularly like the lyrics: thread in a needle, turning the wool across the wire, roll a new life over. There's an old man threading his toes through a bucket of rain. Um, okay. It's shame. Oh no, Simon, you're you're back to back. A bit embarrassing, really, because I hadn't realised I was back to back, and I was umming and ahhing about the pick, and I've actually got two in a row, so no issues here. Um, fairly easy pick for me. Ten and eleven for me are on a tier of their own, and <laughs> I think for me, Sullivan Street is considerably better than the other two songs that we haven't quite got to yet any disagreements on that would you have done the same thing as me sam or shane or would you have gone with a different song there yeah i would have gone with the same song i love sullivan street it's uh it's in my tier too it's a great song it's a great song i think for me it is the last great song on the album you know if, if we're talking about the top nine out of 11 it's a great song, which is why it's a great album, right? If the ninth best song, in, in my opinion, is still a great song, I mean, what an album. He's, he's talked about the, what this is about, eh? He was like, it was some overly religious girl he was seeing, and he, yep. wasn't, allowed to, he wasn't allowed to stay over, so he'd drive back every, every, every single time. <laughs> that's right, yeah. There's some, and, that, and that's quite a cool, that's quite a charming part to the song, really, I think. You know, it's... Um, it's quite quaint that that idea, you know, uh, takes you back to when you're sort of fourteen or fifteen, and you know, you could you'd, you maybe visit your girlfriend and you'd go home and that sort of thing. It's just it's just quite uh, it's quite nice, quite quite quaint. Yeah, I um, the piano's fantastic. It's another one that builds for me mm. a little bit, like mm. Anna Begins, which is probably why I enjoy it. Um, he keeps going back. Even though he mentions at the start, he you know he he's kind of over with it. He keeps going back to to I don't know whether he's going back to Sullivan Street or where Sullivan Street's where he's going back to afterwards. Um, yeah, I, I actually have that as my fifth. So um, I was thinking about taking it instead of Mr. Jones. Wow, it's pretty song. I've got it at seven. I'm glad we we're in agreement of agreement of the last two songs. What have you got for so is us? It, is it my pick? Yeah. Well, I, I, I actually don't think the last... I think there's one... I think there might be two tiers at the bottom. Um, yeah. I'm going to go time... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to go time and time again, and then I think yeah. there's Daylight after that, and it's not Daylight, the song from a different album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going yeah. time and time again. Uh, but time and time again was was my tenth uh, pick of the album. So look, it'll go with my other three songs quite nicely. Uh, look, it's 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 okay. Time and time again, uh, a lot of you know the walking backwards, walking away without the sensation mm. of leaving you alone. It's kind of um, a poor man's 
perfect blue building slash Anna begins. You know, it's actually kind of got the, some of those same things in it. Kind of just a poor man's take on it. So it's okay, but it's a it's a bit too samey for me. I'm pretty glad that I got number ten because I think the difference between ten and eleven, as I said, is pretty stark. Yeah, that's interesting. I I I've actually got the I'm I've got the songs reversed. Believe it or not, guys. Yeah. Well, I think it's just look. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of either of the songs, and I think that line on Ghost Train where it says 50, uh, 50 We're not talking about Ghost Train. Oh, sorry, sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, go for it. <laughs> I just thought Ghost that line on Ghost Train, fifty million feet of earth between the buried yeah, and the that's awesome. do you do like yeah. And that's basically the only reason I've got that I would say it's better. It's a very weak reason, but um, yeah, they are my they are my bottom tier together. Um, Sam, what are you going to pick? <laughs> so yeah, I'll uh, ghost trainers obviously. But going back to, I'll just quickly talk about. Ty- I think it is a song. I don't love it. Its placement on the album, I think, is quite important. Like that first those first five songs kind of go through a journey and then time and time again is kind of him saying that he's stuck in that and he gets stuck in that loop of what you know those those previous five songs yeah um so i think that bumps it up for me (laughs) um and it doesn't have the consistent how do you do which ghost train has and that kills me the how do you do how you just keep saying it over and over and over. Even more than time and time again. Nah, at one point, he just keeps saying it. They're like, that's the only lyrics he sang for a long time in that song. Uh, but I do love, I love, I love that. Um, two, two lyrics I specifically like. Uh, the 50 million feet of earth between the buried and me. And love is a ghost train rumbling through the darkness. I thought it was quite nice. Mm. That's a great lyric. Yeah. You mentioned your tears, Simon. I'd be interested just to, you've obviously got a good list there. I'd just be interested to hear your tears. Yeah, sure. Although maybe not after your choosing ghost train over time and time again. Oh, it's recap. Sorry, recap of the draft. So um, I had first pick, sixth pick, and 11th pick, and I went Anna Begins, Mr. Jones, and Ghost Train. And. That's exactly how they are on my list of songs. I've got those <laughs> one, six, and eleven. Right. Um, Shane went second, and he went round here. Then he went a murder of. That correct. That's correct. Then Rain King, and time and time again, and Simon had raining in Baltimore, perfect blue buildings, Sullivan Street. And Omaha. I'm. I know I didn't win. I, I think I like Jane's songs better. I think you whiffed picking yeah. perfect, perfect blue buildings at four. No, I, I, I'm happy with that. If I just, if Rain King had fallen to me instead of Omaha or Sullivan Street, I feel like I could have won that. But like, I needed Rain King to fall, and it nearly did. It nearly did. <laughs> Um, but the good thing about it is it's all subjective and uh, people might like Ghost Train. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, 
you want to t- talk us through your tears? I'd, I'd be interested to hear your tears. I think I've probably got, get an idea um, from what you're talking about. But I've ahead. got four tears, and so what that a tear basically what that means is there's not much separating the song, you know. So, so for me, I've got Anna. I think, begins, the, I think the audience understand the idea of a tear. Okay, Anna begins round here, raining in Baltimore and perfect blue buildings in tier one, and then in tier okay. two, I've got Rain King. Murder of One, Mr. Jones. So that's like my next. So I don't think there's much separating those things. Rain King, Murder of One, Mr. Jones, like all incredible. Then Omaha and Sullivan Street are in my tier three. They're, they're sort of the next tier that are hard to separate. And then my final tier, otherwise known as the Duds, uh, Ghost Train and Time and Time Again. Shane, did, have you got a tier, tier list over there? Uh, well, I've got a bottom tier, and it's a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got a ghost train on my bottom tier. That's it. I can live with that. And then uh, the next up from that, I've got a little tier of Omaha, Time and Time Again, and Sullivan Street. Uh, then I've got a tier um, just above that, which is actually pretty hard to separate those next few songs, probably with just a couple of elite ones at the top, sort of round here. And it begins the top two tier, and the other ones just banged in the middle. But very, very slight difference between though that that top tier. Yeah, I, I got um, Anna begins raining in Baltimore round here in my tier one, and I've got time and time again in Ghost Train in my bottom tier, and then tier two and tier three very difficult to separate for me. But um, you know, the, I've got. Sullivan Street, Mr. Jones, A Murder of One, are some of my, probably my next favourite, and then um, Rain King, Omaha, Perfect Blue Buildings, sort of probably in tier three. Sure. This is what I wanted to win the draft. I'm just, I've got a, I, that's what I knew <laughs> would take to win. And I got my top three. <laughs> Shane showed us this, uh, a, a great sheet with greens and yellows and blues and scribbles all over it. <laughs> Fantastic. He says, he's been at school. he says he's been at school doing work, but uh, he's actually it's just work. been writing up a cheat sheet. That's work. Um, so we've got a couple of questions, one question each, and then we'll, uh, we'll call it quits for tonight. Um, but I can't remember whose question we're going to go with. We'll go with my question, which is... Which three-song stretch on the album is the best? So which one do you look forward to the most? Um, After doing that, hearing where everyone ranks songs, I think we might have some different answers for this. Um, Mm. So, Simon, we'll start start with you. I'll go last. I'll go Simon, then Shane, then myself. Simon, what's your... um, Tell us your, your process, anyway, of how you decided on this. Well, I went on the internet and <laughs> I looked at the track listing mm. and then I decided um, what I thought were the best three songs. And it was very, very tricky. And actually, I got out of that. Um, I got out of that tab that I had open, but I just looked at all of the range of songs and I. it, it was always a struggle because you've got... Um, Ghost Train at number nine, right? 
So you got Raining in Baltimore, Murder of One, fantastic. And but then you got Ghost Train. Yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah. And then seven, eight, nine, Rain King, Sullivan Street, but then Ghost Train. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you've got Perfect Blue Buildings, amazing. Anna Begins, amazing. But then Time and Time Again, four, five, six. Yeah. So I had to avoid time and time again in Ghost Train, right? So automatically a lot, you, you sort of already cut out of the loop for a lot of those. Um, so I was tossing up between two. I won't reveal what the other one was, but I ended up going three, four, five. Mr. Jones, Perfect Blue Buildings and Anna Begins um, was my sort of, uh, my Mount Rushmore, even though there's obviously four on Mount Rushmore. That's what I'll, I'll go with. Mr. Jones, three, four, five. Mr. Jones, Perfect Blue Buildings, Anna Begins. Makes sense after you picking Perfect Blue Buildings at four in the draft. Um, yep. That then makes a lot of sense. Eh? Yeah, very similar. Uh, unfortunately for me, I had Omaha, Time and Time Again, and Ghost Train, which I really didn't want to include in the, um, in the top three. Uh, and their positioning in the album made it very difficult. I had settled on three, four, and five. Start off with the pop chart hit that is Mr. Jones, slide into perfect blue buildings and finish with the opus that is Anna Begins, and I was pretty happy with that. So totally yeah, agree nice. with you, Simon. Nice show. Yeah, yeah. I, I could be controversial and say I came up with something different, but that was mine as well. I had to include Anna Begins. Um, look, I don't think you can go wrong. You, you see you want to avoid Omaha. I don't mind Omaha. I think it's a good song. Um and I, I really enjoy it. So I, the one I was tossing up was was just the first three. Yeah, me what too. A, what a great first three songs to start with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is it is quite a unfortunate. That was why I asked the question. It was quite unfortunate the some of the uh, placement. Like Ghost Train at nine just kills it. If Raining in Baltimore was one spot up, um, seven, eight, nine would have got a, a very hard look from me. Um. So. Simon, what was your question? My question was, if you had to recommend to someone who has no knowledge of Counting Crows whatsoever, you know, within reason, obviously they've heard of Mr. Jones, if you had to recommend one song that you would think, oh yeah, this will get this person hooked on, on August and everything after and Counting Crows, but it can't be Mr. Jones. <laughs> Which song would it be, and would it be different to your favourite? Jane, you go. Yeah, well, I think it would be different um, because we sort of talked about songs, you know, the songs on this album evolving over time. So interesting that it's a new fan and you want to hook them in. I think there are a couple of kind of obvious answers that have a little bit in there for people. I would probably go for Rain King. I would probably go for mm. Rain King to get them in. It's a little bit. It's got a little bit of the, a little bit of movement, a little bit of upbeat, but it's also got some of that pain in there uh, that you need to you need to get if you're going to be a Crows fan. Uh, so I had two <laughs> on my list, but I probably would settle on Rain King. <laughs> yeah, mine is. I think that's probably dependent on the person that I'm talking to. Um, and you know my knowledge of that person, but I certainly wouldn't recommend the song some people. Um, but both Simon and I have alluded to the fact that 
the first time we heard it or the, initially really, really loved Raining in Baltimore. And so that would be the one that I would recommend. Um, again, probably not everyone's cup of tea because it's quite slow and depressing. But um, so if you're going to like Counting Crows, you will like Raining in Baltimore. So yeah, um, exactly. Whereas I don't necessarily yeah. think that of the, some of the other songs. Um, so that would be um, that would be my pick. Yeah, the, and the, the reason I asked the question was, I think you know, for all of us, Anna Begins is the number one, but it also might not be the song you you yeah. you actually would give someone for the first time if you, your life depended on making this person a Counting Crows fan for the first time. So, yeah, that, that, that's the reason I chose that. And for me, it probably would be raining in Baltimore too, just because um, probably hits you straight away, perhaps more than Anna Begins. Yeah, I've played Anna Begins for lots of people. And they just, you know, like it, they're just, just another song sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's fucking devastating. That's right. <laughs> oh, wait for this bit. Um, uh, Shane, yours, please. Yeah, so we've all talked about this album. It's a fantastic album, but it does have room for improvement. So <laughs> if you could go back and get the crows. You know, I'm not even asking you to cut out one song. We know what that song would be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to. No, make it twelve. Name... Make it twelve, so it can be a proper snake draft. That's a, then it's a snake. Yeah. What Counting Crows song would you add into August to fit the theme and complete the album? So I chose this question because it's a bit of a tough one because obviously Cannon Crows, um, when they released uh, Satellites, covering the Satellites, changed their sound quite a bit and they've done so continuously. So not that easy to get a Crow song that would fit into this kind of an album. So I think we'll we'll do one each. I've got four down. So I've got four different albums. Oh, and I've got, one from, I've got one from four different albums. Um, but I'll go with the one that came to my mind first, and then I'll I'll share my honourable mentions later. I've got one. Um, it's good. One is all all you've been asked for. Um, my one is from this desert life, and it's colorblind. Colorblind came to mind first. Um, I don't know why. I just like those lyrics, like. I am ready. I am ready. Um, I don't know. Just that—that that just hit me, and the piano. Um, so, colorblind was my choice. Uh, there's only there's only one uh, only room for one uh, piano song in this album. Bad choice, but it's fine. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's me now, isn't it? It is it you. Is so um, this is definitely a pretty random one, and it's I, I love the song, and I'm just as I'm doing the spiel, going to make sure I've got the right name for it. I do. It's off the album Saturday Nights and Sunday Mornings, uh, the mm. 2008 release, and I just feel like it fits in with that. I don't know. Um, insomnia, um, depression possible hungover it's called uh, on almost any sunday morning what a song. and that's that's the one i yeah, it's got that sort of omaha-esque harmonica um 
in it. And I just, it fits the mood and it fits the tone of that, of August really well, I feel like. And I just love the song. So that's, uh, that would be my pick on almost any Sunday morning. Beautiful. Um, so I had a couple that, a couple that I, I thought would fit in there. Um, uh, straight after they released this album, they did that recovering album and they put a song on there called Have You Seen Me Lately? Uh, just with the themes about losing yourself and not really knowing what's going on. I was like, you know, I think, you know, Have You Seen Me Lately would fit really nicely towards the back half of that album. Yeah, I got that as my Recovering the Satellites honourable mention. Yeah. Um, my Hard Candy, I picked one from Hard Candy. I thought Black and Blue would go all right. I know it might be a bit of yeah. piano as well. So, Simon, I don't know if you'd probably pick that one. Oh, song. Um, great song. And from um, Somewhere Under Wonderland, uh, I like Possibility Days. So, getting that on there. Uh, I yeah, think great. Might great well choice. Too. Any other honourable mentions from uh, from you guys? I had one, and it was High Life. Um, I think it's from this Desert Life. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, and it's it's a pretty pretty depressing ride that one too. <laughs> if you, Get out there and listen got, to it. Kids. A few echoes of Ghost Train in there as well. So I'd, uh, you know, I'd steer clear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else from you guys? I've got nothing else. Um, y- you want to talk about anything else from the album? Um, I'm, I'm, I don't have anything else to say. Just um, probably of all the albums I've ever listened to, I'd say it's probably the album I've listened to the most in my life. Same. Yeah, I'd agree with that. If you, and, you know, it's, it's the one you can just bang on. And it can and it can suit your mood. So great in a car, great great around the house. It's just got everything in it. And like like I say, at different times in my life, I think it served different purposes. And that's what I love about this album. Really accessible. Um, you've got to have a little bit of melancholy in you um, listening to this. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's Adam. Yeah. Um, this is our first foray into music. Um, I wouldn't call myself a muso, but um, I, I certainly love this album. Uh, but if you did enjoy it, hit us up in the slacks. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter, WIWT90S. Um, we've got a Facebook group, but no one does anything in it, so don't worry about that. Uh, but if you've got any other albums or, or um, songs or anything music-related from the 90s that you'd like to hear about, then, uh, then let us know. And um, I won't be on that one, probably. Um, But that's it it from us. uh, Signing off. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Dan.